Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com in Wisconsin, the northern part, the cold part, the wintry part. The fun part. And the fun part. Absolutely. Do you ice fish? I don't. I don't either. But this is the time of year I have summer on my brain, Dave. I know. But there's a lot of people that ice fish. Yeah, there are. I don't get it. Neither do I. Okay. So those of you that are ice fishermen and women out there that... You know, in fact, I was at the doctor the other day, and this nurse who wasn't young, older nurse. Um, <laughs> I, did I not say that right? It's <laughs> just funny. <laughs> uh, she came to me. She was talking about the weather like they do up here. Yep. And she said, "Yeah, I got to get ice fishing yet. I haven't been ice fishing." I just look at her like, "Huh? Yeah. Why? You know, go buy some fish." Did you say that? No. Oh, I'm thinking that in my head. As I I'm wish you would have said it. I'm I curious. Know. <laughs> I'm sure there's uh, a lot of things. That I went ice that. fishing once once and that was it yeah i froze to death and i'm thinking there's this little hole i'm looking at waiting for the fish to come up and grab my hook <laughs> i i didn't like it i i think i would benefit more from going to a food store and buying fish and well i, I don't i don't i don't understand. i know i'm missing something so those of you that are ice fishermen please write me and tell me what am i missing yeah. here is it the stuff that goes with fishing yeah like the bucket you sit on. All right, here, here's here's my challenge. If you're listening okay. to us, you're an ice fisherman, invite Jason and I to go fishing with you someday. That's right. And we'll and, see if we can give it a true evaluation. And show us the glories of Show ice us fishing. why in the world we should ice fish and what we're missing. Yeah, especially you, when it's like zero degrees Yeah, outside. please, please, somehow. And there's a city on the ice. Somehow. Just to explain. Yeah, I don't know. So not doing it. Not, I, I would if invited and I can do it, but I, just to evaluate it. Because isn't most of the time they, they get small fish? I have no idea. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not out Maybe there. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's why. But Well, they have to because otherwise you'd have to drill a big hole. Yeah. It, and mean, maybe they do it during the winter to avoid mosquitoes during the summer. Well, and the question I have is, have you ever pulled a fish that was too big for the hole you drilled? Oh, touche. Now what do you do? Drill another one. Okay. <laughs> again and maybe maybe because it's winter and you like frozen fish and you don't like going to you know the food store to get it you want it frozen on the ice and get it from there i have no idea like a sushi yeah i guess i guess so i you know i love <laughs> i love eating fish i actually like fishing in the summer i like yeah. all that stuff oh, yeah. i just can't i just haven't gotten into it yet time. so since we're missing something and those of you that are not missing something can help us please do uh today i thought we would talk about okay you've got three young sons you've got a lovely wife and how would you go through a passage of the bible and talk to kids about it i mean I, one of the things i encourage parents to do Young people that are interested in teaching. I was talking to a young lady last night who wanted to be a teacher. I said, well, get with third graders. Get with eight-year-olds and spend as much time as you can teaching them. Yeah. Because, again, if you can teach an eight-year-old, I think you can teach anybody because you're putting it in terms that they can grasp. And then so same everybody above them need to do that too. Yeah. And you just made it simple enough to actually understand. So I want to go to Proverbs 6 because there's some very interesting things in Proverbs 6. Let me read some of it to you. All right. So if I'm reading this to my family, what are the points I want to try and implement somehow? Uh, First verse, my son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, given a pledge for a stranger, if you are snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, to save yourself. 
for you have come to the hand of your neighbor. Go hasten and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep, your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and the bird and the hand of the fowler. Interesting. It says, so let's say that you made an agreement with somebody. It's a bad one. Yeah. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your future. It's going to hurt your family. Mm-hmm. It says, go talk to them and say, what can I do to change this? Mm-hmm. Is that hard to understand? No. No. So I, I guess what if I'm talking to my kids, I would say, you know what? First of all, I want you to see that when I make a mistake that I go and, and try and change it. Mm-hmm. Um, have your kids, and this might you might not be able to answer this but because you might not remember, have they ever seen you where you're wrong and you admit you're wrong and tell them what you're going to do differently? Yeah. Okay. There are some young people who have never seen their dad do that. Mm. So they don't think men do that. Yeah. It is very important. I'm not saying if you're, yeah, if there's something you shouldn't talk about with them that I don't think every subject is open for discussion. Yeah. Um, but I do think that there needs to be a model of okay, here, here's what I thought was right. Mm-hmm. I did this thinking it was right. Yeah. It wasn't. Here's how I'm going to straighten it out. Mm-hmm. And they need to hear that. Yeah. From you. Uh, the value is them seeing that you will do that, and down the road you just gave them a model. Right. So too many times we tell kids you should be this way, they haven't seen it, so they really don't know how to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, since all mistakes is a good thing to be able to do. My kids used to make fun of me. I have a saying, and they know when I say it, I just did something stupid. What's that, lipstick on carpet? No, it's that ain't good. That ain't good. And my wife, being a grammarian, just rolls her eyes like, what did you do? <laughs> That's funny. You know, and every once in a while when the kids are growing up, I, you know, I was doing something, and I go, oh, man, that ain't good. And they know, okay, Dad, what did you do? Yeah. Well, you know, here's what I was attempting to do. And um, I messed this up this way. And, and usually I would include them, and here's what I need to do now. Yeah. And I mean, uh, and my wife would roll her eyes and think, okay, he did something again that, he probably shouldn't have done, but he, he learns by doing. Yeah. And when you learn by doing, you make mistakes. And when you make mistakes, it's right to say, I made a mistake, mm-hmm. and let's correct it. That's all this is saying. This isn't really that hard to understand. Right. You made an agreement, somebody didn't work, go tell them I made a mistake, and ask them if you could change the agreement. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Some people are so prideful they don't. Other people wait for problems to disappear. Mm. How many times do you think problems without addressing them will disappear on their they own? They don't. No, they don't. They always and that's, come back. that's the next verse. It says this. In the sixth verse of that chapter, it says, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Mm. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread for summer, gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? Interesting. Why are they uh, comparing life to an ant? And the ant is wise and we're not. Because the ants get it done. Right. So what would you do with kids to show this? Well, you can go out and look at an anthill. I would, man. I would in the summer look for one. You know, and we got plenty of them up here with our sandy soil. We do. Man. I would They're look everywhere. for them. I would read this those few verses. And I would say, you know what, kids, just for the fun of it, I want you to write three things you can learn from these ants. Yeah. Just watch them. And you come back here. We're going to, you know. I know all the Peter people, environmentalists, will get mad at me. Go ahead and dig it up. Go ahead and dig something up and watch the ants rebuild it. Yeah. 
and ask your kids to learn something from it. Um, as a teacher, one of the things that we count on through life is experiences. Yeah. Because it's really hard to teach if you're always on the conceptual level. Mm-hmm. So you want to be able to teach on a level where they've had an experience that moves the concept to reality. Yeah. So parents help the teachers out, give them a lot of experiences so that when something is said, they know how to apply it. Yeah. This is one of them. If, if you would give your child in the summer time to go out or buy an ant farm, they have those. Yeah, you can buy ant yeah, farms. A little, yeah, yeah you, I, almost everyone that's ever bought one, it broke. And then ants got everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun to me. You know what, though? I think it's funny. But <laughs> it's, it's not fun. You know, I, oh. I think when you teach your kids something, we had a, a, a fish tank in our house. Yeah. You know, and, and again, part of the having a fish tank is, okay, you need to learn about fish, how to take care of them, how to, not like we really needed fish, but I think you can use things to help kids learn. So one day this thing burst all on its own. I mean, no one was there, anything, all of a sudden you hear this pop and the, the glass on the bottom broke and all the water came out. Huh. The fish all died. Well, that's unfortunate. It, it was, but it does teach you how to deal with things. Yeah. You know, I mean, it teaches you how to talk to your kids about disappointments and look, we did everything. These things in life are valuable. Don't waste them. Mm-hmm. Don't just say, oh man, this is just the worst thing. I, I The tank, and you, you, you start talking about how sad it is to be you. Yeah. Because something happens. No, use it for a teaching moment. Yeah. Use the ants that drive you nuts in your backyard. I mean, there are times where I've gotten into some of those ant hills. Ouch. Oh, yeah? Oh, there's some ants up here. They'll, they'll take a nip out of you. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I love the idea of just taking them out there and digging it up a little bit and showing them the ants, getting an ant farm, doing something, and uh, making the kids responsible. Uh, how much do you use like a, a fish tank or something to teach responsibility? I mean, would you allow the fish to die because they didn't get fed? Yeah. Okay, I would too. I, I don't think I don't think everybody <laughs> would. Uh, I think there is certain. I, I know some would say all life is the same. I I don't know. You know, if I had a bunch of guppies and they didn't feed them, I I guess I, I would really rather teach responsibility. Right. Um, and somehow you gotta teach them that. Yeah. So all the podcasts just hit the pause button. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what I'm talking about is taking a passage like this, reading it, giving them a while to go look at anthills and then read it again and say, what do we learn? Yeah. Because you can tell them everything about ants or you can- Have them experience Have them experience. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, Then it goes on, and the 11th verse says, uh, 10th verse, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest- all right, now I want to stop on that before I say what's going to happen because what it's saying here is people who say, I really live for my sleep, I live for relaxing, I live for the moment where I can just do nothing. Hmm. Okay, so these are very important qualities to this particular person. Yeah. It says this, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Hmm. In other words, you're not you're not going to have what you could have, mm-hmm. and you're always going to want things that other people have because they actually were out like ants working. Yeah, 
there is a benefit to being like an ant. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's go look at the ants again. There's a benefit to being like an ant. Yeah. This does not teach, by the way, that you shouldn't sleep. Right. It's not what it says. But it's talking about, okay, you were made to actually work. That's what you're made to do. Your whole mm -hmm. body is. I, I, another exercise you can do with your kids is how much of your body actually benefits from working hard? Mm -hmm. Have them figure it out. Now, again, different age. Different, right, yeah. Be age appropriate. But what they have to realize is the, the muscles in the arm, the muscles in the legs actually benefit from going out and working. Mm -hmm. Do they benefit from doing nothing? They actually don't unless they're in recovery mode from doing something. Mm -hmm. Right. So you want them to discover that because your life is like that and you want to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. So nothing wrong with, with actually hard work. Um, but there is something wrong if you are looking to never do anything. Hey, what's interesting here, too, is the 12th verse starts to talk about somebody who's worthless. Mm -hmm. If the Bible calls somebody worthless, you think that's a phrase that's used at all in our culture? Worthless? Yeah, you're worthless. I think, unfortunately, people do use that. They do, but they don't know what they're talking about. Right. Let, let me throw a scenario at you because here it says a worthless person. So it's describing someone who is worthless. Okay. So that would mean there's a definition for it. So I would stop right away and talk to my kids about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Bible uses this phrase. We better discuss what they're actually saying here. Yeah. And I think it would be a good discussion because what is, how could somebody, how could the Bible say somebody's worthless? Mm -hmm. What What is the meaning of that actually? That's a great discussion. Yeah. Um. If you have something that has no value, that's what worthless is. Mm -hmm. Okay, now a worthless person, it says, and then there's a comment, it says a wicked man. So right away I'm saying wickedness has no value. Being wicked has no value. Mm -hmm. It will make you be a person with no value, wickedness. Yeah. But it goes on, it says, a worthless person, comma, a wicked man, comma, goes about with crooked speech. They lie. Okay, here's the characteristics of taking something that's got value and making it worthless. Mm -hmm. You know, first of all, you're wicked. What does wicked mean? I was, I would ask them, and again, age appropriate, what does yeah. wicked mean? Mm -hmm. what, does, what does crooked speech mean? Uh, how important is it for you to teach your children to tell the truth 100% of the time. Oh, it's so crucial. That's actually what we're teaching my oldest son at the moment. Okay. And why would he lie? Because he's growing up in a home where you guys don't lie. Because he's has a sinful nature. All right. <laughs> so this is a good thing to talk about because what it's saying is, really, you have great value. If you look at the Bible, but you can take something that has great value and it's worthless right now. Yeah. For example, if, if you're out in a boat right now, mm -hmm. you have that microphone with you and the boat's going down, how valuable is the microphone in the boat? Not a whole lot. Worthless. Yep. Out of context, totally. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have any value. You can throw it in the water. It's not gonna mean you're not gonna, it's just, it's not made for that. Right. And since it's living the way it's not made, you or you have it and it, people do that. Mm -hmm. I'm made a certain way, and if I don't live according to the way I'm made, and I'm in this other context, I become a worthless entity in that sense. Yeah. So it's not like, earlier I asked you if 
you know, people calling people worthless, whatever. Of course, they do in a mean way, but they don't know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. What this is basically saying is there's a way you're meant to be, and it wasn't meant, you weren't meant to be wicked. Yeah. And you weren't meant to be a liar. And then it goes on and it says, in poverty, we come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. A worthless, wicked man goes about with a crooked speech, winks his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his finger. Here, here's what they're saying. A wicked person doesn't love other people. They use other people. Yeah. You weren't made to do that. Now, once again, I'm saying, be careful with the definition here. It's not like you throw a worthless word around. Mm-hmm. It's saying you were made to not use people. Yeah. You're made to love people. So when you don't do that, you're out of context. Mm-hmm. Again, age is going to matter whether they grab that or not. When you lie to people, you're out of context. So what happens is you take something that's very valuable, you, and you make it not valuable Yeah, because you do this. And we could do that with anything. Uh, if you want an exercise for that, um, go somewhere if you know somebody who is um, uh, sick and they're, they're, they want to play a game with you and help teach your kids something. You can go give them some money to help them not be sick anymore, and that's not going to help them. Right. What they need to do is see the money's worthless for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Now, it's really hard for us to grab that, that there are certain things in life that you can make worthless. Yeah. And our lives are one of them. You don't want to lie. You don't want to cheat. You don't, you don't want to do that because you're out of context now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a, a, a passage like this, when your kids are able to grab it, is a fun one to just talk through. Because of the word usage and because of what it's saying about the ants, it's saying yeah. about the. It's just a fun one because you can go through and you can think, how do I, how do I explain that you don't use people? Uh, the 14th verse with a perverted heart uh, devises evil, continually sowing discord. Mm-hmm. In other words, what they're doing is constantly trying to divide people rather than bring them together. Mm. We're not meant to do that. We're not meant to, to try and divide things. We're meant to unify. Right. And the goal is, you know, I understand you have to draw lines and be distinctive. I understand that. But, again, having a discussion with somebody in your family about this, mm-hmm. you know, how is it that we can unify our family and not divide our family? Yeah. How is it you start with family? Now, what if they said something like, we always have to agree on everything? That's a hard one because that's not unity necessarily. Right. right. Uh, what if you say, well, we all have to see it the same way? And that's really not unity. Mm-hmm. How would you illustrate unity, do you think, to a young kid? Um, that's a good question. Body parts. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's what Paul does. Yeah. So, elbow. How is the elbow unified with the toe? Mm hmm. That's what I would ask, and I would I would not answer them until they figured it out. Yeah, because there is a way that they're unified, mm-hmm. but they're really different. And I would keep going there. They're unified, but they're really, really different. Yeah, and they do different things. They do yeah. different things, and they like different things, and they're, but they're unified. So how are they unified? And that is a discussion worth having at some point. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a discussion that's not only worth having early in life. I think it's a discussion that you can have often with mm-hmm. them. Because if we're missing anything in our culture today, it's that idea of diversity is good. Yeah. 
diversity isn't evil. But what unifies diversity? Yeah. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and now this can go, this is a springboard for all kinds of things. Um, you know, I'm not an artist, but there are artists out there. So how do I help an artist be successful? See, that's part of it. How do I not minimize the artist's gift? Because I would want to so I can maximize mine. Mm-hmm. So this discussion is like an ongoing family discussion you could have forever. The idea, and maybe even you put some words up like there's unity in diversity or yeah. some other word that they would understand. You know, And so that they look at that and go, mm. no, I know what that means. Mm-hmm. I know what that means. I can be who I am. And I need to make you the best who you are. Yeah. And if you really think about the body principle, it's every body part just needs to be connected to my brain. That's it. Yeah. And it's the brain's job to bring the unity. Mm-hmm. Somehow I want my kids to know that early. I, yeah. I want them to know that's it. And uh, you can you can learn that. I mean, science, you can learn that looking things up, looking up. Um, there are some um, people who have broken their spinal cords. Um, their legs are not unified anymore. Mm-hmm. They're still there. Right. But it's a tragic situation because they're, they're not unified with the body. Yeah. So when the body wants to stand up, their legs aren't doing it. Uh, I think those are the things that give you great discussions. Uh, so a worthless person is not living like they should. A perverted person um, is always um, causing division. They're not causing people to enjoy each other. Mm-hmm. And it says, if you're that kind of person, here's what happens. Calamity will come upon you. And by the way, it says suddenly, calamity will come suddenly. All of a sudden, one day, things aren't going to work. Yeah. And in a moment, listen to this next statement, he will be broken beyond healing. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Do you mean the Bible says that it's possible for you to do something that's not fixable? Yeah. When's the last time you told your kids that? Right. You know, that a decision you make could be something that we can't fix. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when my daughters were young and I would talk to them about running out in the street. If you were around those days, you know, my blacktop driveway, I put a big white stripe across the edge of it. Oh, okay. And I told them, don't you ever go past that white line without stopping and looking in the street. Mm -hmm. That white line is there for a reason. It's to remind you to look into the street. Yeah. And... If I ever saw them go by that white line without looking, I would go after them Mm -hmm. because I wanted them to understand the importance of that. And I said, here's why. Yeah. They thought that daddy could fix everything. Mm -hmm. I said, you get run over by a truck, daddy can't fix that. Yeah. And I want you to know he can't. Don't get run over. Yeah. Very simple message. Mm Mm-hmm. This goes along with this. There are times where you make a decision and something happens and you cannot change it. Most children believe that's never going to happen to them. Right. So somehow you have to communicate that that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've had some talk to me and I say this, oh, so your kids live in fear. Um, no. How about reality? Yeah. Uh, I've I've talked to, uh, and my wife has, if if we see your son on a bike over here or something, my wife will usually say, did you cross the road? Right. 
and you'll say yes did you look both ways i mean she's a teacher right and a mom right from day one. Oh, totally so if she sees him on a bike, I want to know, did you look both ways before you crossed that road? Were you sure there was no car? Mm-hmm. That's what you want. Yeah. You want that kind of reinforcement. Absolutely. So however you get your kids there, that's up to you. But I think you need to get there yeah. with them. And, and they understand the ramifications of their behaviors. Because in our culture today, we do not want children to understand that their actual choices have ramifications that can or cannot be solved later Mm -hmm. we want them to think that whatever they do no problem will fix it yeah i'm sorry that's not how life is so they should know it it goes on i just want to read this real quickly to you that the end of the chapter says um that the lord hates um six things that the lord hates seven that are abomination to him and it lists it uh it's pretty easy uh haughty eyes Mm mm-hmm Okay, when you look at that and go, the Lord hates it, you, you know what the real word there is? It's, it's a word more like he's really jealous of these things mm-hmm. because they stop you from enjoying who he is. Yeah. That's the connotation here. Mm-hmm. It's like there, there are some things in, in your life that could stop those from loving you to love you. And that's what makes them bad. It isn't. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that stops you from loving God is haughty eyes, or you look at everybody like you're above them and you're not an equal body part to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, think about just having a discussion with your oldest son and saying, I don't don't ever want you to look at somebody and think I'm better than them. Yeah. Because believe me, they're learning that with grades and everything else. You got to, there's a scale, there's a number one in the oh, class. Yeah, totally. It's like, okay, you can be competitive and be number one like in sports or something, but you're not better than them, mm-hmm. you know? And that's a good discussion by itself. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue. We already talked about that. It, from the beginning, you know, children need to be told, you need to just say the truth, no matter what it costs you. Um, uh, and hands that shed innocent blood, obviously. And, and I mean, we get so mad at people, we would want to take them out that's not our job a heart that devises wicked plans okay you you make plans to use other people that's that's not gonna work uh, feet that haste to run to evil the things in life that are not right but you want to participate in them mm-hmm. don't don't do that false witness lying again but this is lying in a different way than the other lying mm-hmm. this is when you're lying about somebody in a way to hurt them right when you're saying something about somebody that isn't true yeah and it's just to hurt them yeah. uh, don't do that yeah and um, and that says it's a lie again. And one who sows discord. So it talks about discord again. Yeah. So you could see, if you, if you could just go through this chapter, and it gives you a, a, a rich field to glean from and say, let's just work on this idea. Mm-hmm. It could give you a month worth of stuff to work on with your kids. Absolutely, yeah. And just talk it through and try and figure out ways that you can say, how do we make this practical? Mm-hmm. And so I encourage parents to do that with a passage like this and enjoy it. Yeah, and, and for those parents listening, we encourage you to do that. Once again, this was Proverbs 6. Right. And so you could flip over there, read through the, we didn't get to the whole chapter, but read through it and, and pick out the pieces. And if the, the version that Dave was reading from, you know, had two confusing words for you to explain, you know, switch over to a different version, Absolutely. whether it be the NLT or, you know, something different. That way it's a little bit easier for you to explain, you know, or even look it up in your kid's Bible and see what it says and, and how you can explain it. That's the cool thing is there's plenty of resources out there to help make the language simpler so that you can 
pass on the concepts that are Absolutely. behind it. So feel free to, to re-listen to this podcast um, and, and check out our others at Relate365.com. Um, but we're out of time again here. So thank you for joining us. This is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.